Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, episode 25. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. We've got Tasha, we've got Alicia, and guys, let's talk captains straight off the top. And it's it's something that I guess doesn't get enough uh, doesn't get enough coverage. I guess when you think about it, you know, a guy just becomes skipper, gets to see next to his name, and rolls out week in week out. But what we know about some of the best teams in the competition is it's so important to get it right. Tasha, the question I've got for you off top of the off, top, off the top of the show is, who is the best captain uh, in the business right now? Yeah, Dan, I'm going to go um, captains plural and with the best team in the competition because they took it out, and that's um, Penrith with Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo. I think they are calm, they are good organisers, that they they bring that um, confidence. To, to what is the Panthers, and and so I think they're standout captains and the best captains in the game right now. Yeah, and their CV suggests they've done pretty well there, and uh, yeah, that, that wasn't necessarily the easiest gig to pick up as well. A lot of a lot of things going on out there at Penrith, a lot of personalities. Uh, Alicia, yeah, same question to you. Who's the best captain in the business right now? They're good choices, Tash. I'll go um, they, Daily Cherry Evans, I think, DCE. Um, I feel like he always just fronts up especially with the media, uh, win, lose, or draw. He's a very honest guy. Uh, I've got a bit of a story about him. Uh, one of my family friends was at Leichhardt Oval one night. They were playing the Tigers, Manly were, and um, they were warming up, and he's he's kicked this ball, and it's actually gone over the fence and hit a lady in the face, hit, hit my family friend in the face. And, um, and she didn't think anything of it, but DCE sort of ran over. He noticed that she got hit and uh, ran over and, um, you know, made sure she was all right and then ran back inside to the sheds. This was in warm-up before a game started um, and gave her, like, a pair of playing shorts. Like, and she had the Tigers. She was decked out in Tigers colours. But she's like, he's like, oh, sorry, all I've got is Manly. Like, I'm sorry. And gave, gave him a pair of – gave her a pair of uh, Manly shorts. So, yeah, he's a very likeable guy. I know he can be very, I guess, polarising, but he's – um yeah, he sort of won me over with that moment right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my my, uh, my old man's a manly supporter, and yeah, I think he could talk for about thirty minutes on on his favourite player DCE. And uh, look, the thing that I'd say about DCE is he he's he's an out and out leader, you know. And and I and what I think when I listen to him, especially at press conferences, you know, not just about his football career, Daly's heading places. You know, he he could run he could run a football team, he could run a football club, in my opinion. So you know, the fact that he's out there and obviously um, his experience makes him a, makes him a great leader on the field. That's a great choice. Speaking of great leaders, uh, my choice is James Tedesco. And uh, what a baptism of fire for James, you know. A great player, very, very talented. But, you know, who's to say that you're a great leader? Will James sort of prove that he can certainly do both and do it at a great level and, and did it just in, you know, really difficult circumstances, obviously, with all of the injuries and the retirements to Boyd Corner there at, at the Sydney Roosters. But at every level, uh, he's leading by example. And, uh, you know, I, I think... You know, one of the things that also makes a great leader is you look at some of the younger players in the squad, you know, how are they sort of responding to someone's leadership? And it just seems that every 18, 19, 20-year-old that is around James Tedesco suddenly starts to play particularly well. So I've got to give him a little bit of credit there. So, um, yeah, I think some great captains in that bunch. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment tonight, The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. This is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. Yeah, and this week on The Huddle, we are, well, we're recapping their season, and that is the West Tigers. Tash, I'm going to throw it straight over to you. Obviously, you've got a bit of a soft spot for this club. Um, but, yeah, you know, the West Tigers, they've had a very much an up-and-down recent history, and that didn't change in season 2021. Yeah, no, Dan, pretty disappointed in their um, 21 season. Like, to tell you the truth, the last few years I'm, I'm sick of them finishing ninth, but I never thought I'd say I would have been happier. Um, you know, they finished 13th. They had, you know, only eight wins and 16 losses, but pretty much they were just way too inconsistent. You didn't know which team was going to show up. Like, you know, they they'd put together some great wins and sorry Dan and Leash but you know they beat the Knights twice this year but then the following week they they come they back it up with a loss or then the next two back to back losses you know they've got they, they just lack consistency and that's something that they've really got to work on for next season yeah Alicia you talk about you know particular teams when they're successful the competition's better and you know I'm a Knights supporter but You've got to say that when a club like West Tigers is doing well in the game, that, that that's that's you know of the benefit of the the entire game, and you know it, it's just it's a very very passionate fan base, and you know you can you can understand why they're getting a little bit frustrated because you know it's, it's been a little while between drinks now for the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I interned at the Tigers in 2016, and um, you know that year they came ninth, and they had a final round game against Cronulla to make the finals, and the buzz was enormous. You know content digital views are all up like tigers have got one of the biggest fan bases in the nrl um you know i'm looking forward to the day that when they do make the finals just to see how many sort of come out of the woodwork and you know jump back on that bandwagon because there's no better sight in the game when the tigers are doing well but as mentioned we just have not seen it for the last decade and i i think it's really sad um you know it doesn't matter who's sort of coming in and trying to fix the place up um you know there's always some sort of drama or they get themselves into a game where they should win and, and they don't. I think that was evident in that last round loss against Canterbury, like 38-0 against the Wooden Spooners. I know they've had a fair few injuries along the way, but that's a mental thing. You know, I think it's it doesn't come down to talent because they've got they've got really good players that would probably go to another club and shine. It's just for whatever reason, they just when they turn up, you can just tell if they're on or off their game pretty early, and it just stems throughout the um, the whole game. So. Yeah, um, I don't think it matters which coach goes in there. There's been a lot of chat about Mark McGuire and, and his future, but how many times do we want to keep talking about a coach, you know, not doing, not, I guess, getting teams to the finals when, when it's all the players? So I think they're still making some inroads. I, I think they're making a little bit of progress, but it's, it's just a really slow burn. Yeah, Leash, like you that they've got a huge fan base and I've got to be um, counting myself as one of them but I've got to talk about one of the the lowlights of the Tigers season like I was there at the game um, it was for Tommy Radonikus you know and the Cowboys just blew him off the park and the it was packed with Tigers fans and to actually hear you know, some of the fans booing them off at half time. It was just a real low point in for the West Tigers. So I hope they can really turn it around next season. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was, yeah, that was a pretty dire sort of day. It was probably one of their darkest in history. And, um, yeah, I don't think they really completely recovered recovered that way either. But, yeah, it's – um, and I know they're the joke of the competition, you know, they're, they're the running joke and, and the night spot oh, and all well, that. Well, Hey, that, that's not, you know, it's what people say, you know, because they haven't made the finals, the facts and, and figures don't lie. But, um, yeah, I really do hope that they can get back on track sometime soon. Yeah, and I, actually I've got a bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a different take to a lot of people on the Michael Maguire situation because I, th- I think for the West Tigers, I think they found their coach. I think they have. Michael Maguire is a good coach. I mean, these premiership winning coaches don't come around. I mean, you talk about... You know, potentially, you know, a lot of pressure on him, you know, in the media about, you know, who, who could come in and replace him. I don't see former premiership winners knocking down the door. So I think the Tigers have got their coach. I love the way in coaches, and that is just at 100% intensity, 110% intensity. He's so passionate about it. Obviously, he's known for his fitness and, you know, getting the guys up. Um, now it's about, you know, it's about accountability, um, as you said, Alicia, you know, from a player's perspective. You've got to perform or, or we've got to make a change. And, uh, Tasha, let, let's talk about um, Madge's squad now because he's had a little bit of time to shape this squad, have his guys really feel like, you know, given that a few of these contracts have expired now from coaches that kind of organised this team prior to him arriving, he's really going to have his team um, completely 1-17 to next year. Uh, a player that I'm particularly interested in, though, is um, is Jackson Hastings, you know, a big signing from the UK you know, what's your, what's your thoughts about his impact potentially next year? Yeah, look, um, I'm so glad that we're talking about the roster and not not Madge as the coach because I think you're right. Um, it, these players do have to to step up. Um, now, with Hastings coming in, he's he's a great player. He can play in the halves. He can play in the dummy half. He's um, big enough and strong enough to play, you know, lock as well. So... I'm, I'm seeing big things for him. I, I'm thinking. I know that um, that uh, Dewey will probably miss the first couple of games. But if you look at the spine, and if I was Madge, you know, I'd have um, Dane Laurie at, at one, um, Adam Dewey when he's fit at six, put Luke Brook, keep Luke Brooks in at seven, and the player you mentioned, just Jason Jackson Hastings. I'd keep. I'd put him at nine. Yeah, that's pretty like that's pretty interesting, Tasha. I just want to know on Hastings, like he's obviously coming back a better player than what he was when he left the NRL, obviously in very different circumstances. He's gone over to the UK, had a bit of success, but then coming back to the NRL, like we know what a pressure cooker it is, right? Like the the tensi- the intensity is much bigger, the scrutiny is is much bigger in my opinion as well, as somebody who's been over to England and sort of watched a bit of footy over there, but yeah, I just I'm not 100% convinced that he is like going to be the complete answer for them. I think they've got problems all around the different like spine positions, but I think he'll help, but I I just I think he's coming back to a level that's a lot higher than what was over in the UK and um it might take him a little while to to ease into it. So Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'm convinced. I uh I, I agree. I I think with Jackson it was really interesting watching him because I think it was a really interesting job that he jumped at. You know, I really felt like Jackson, not necessarily he could have any job he wanted because, you know, openings in the NFL don't necessarily occur. But to your point, Alicia, it was a really interesting one that he's decided to go for because what do we know about halfbacks in the NRL? It is their fault. 
Uh, sorry, well, they get all of the praise when they win, and it is completely 100% their fault every time they lose a game of football. So, you know, if you look at the Tigers going into next year, they're going to lose football games, and Jackson is going to cop, obviously, the brunt of that criticism. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be one to watch. Look, I, I think, um, yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to come back, to your point, a, a much better complete footballer uh, than, than what he left. But, yeah, it would have been, you know, if, if he had have sort of came back to a top four team with an established half next to him, I think you would have seen the best out of Jackson. So now he's definitely going to be um, under pressure. Alisa, just before we move off that and to Tasha's point, there's a little bit of a mess there in the spine. You know, there's probably, you know, you talk about your one, you talk about your six, your seven. Um, obviously with Adam Dewey's knee injury, that probably gives Jackson and Luke Brooks the start next year, meaning they may not be too keen to release him to the Knights, which is a side story. But uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on the spine to Tasha's point? Um, yeah, there's a few little pieces that, that Madge is going to have to figure out in the off season. Yeah, I think this year they struck gold with Dane Laurie. I think he's exactly what they needed. Um, he was probably easily, I think he got, did he get joint player of the year from memory? With, with, yeah, that was him. So um, yeah, I think he is the answer there in the one jersey. Um, I think their next mission is the hooker spot. I think, as we know, a lot of it they generate um, out of hooker these days. I'm not sure whether Jacob Little is the complete answer. They've got Tyron Peachy who can play a bit of hooker. Like, does he sort of come into the frame? Um, Jake Simpkin is, is a great player as well. Um, so, yeah, I think they need a little bit more out of dummy half. Um, there's, the, there is a bit of chat about Happy Coruscant. Geez, if they can get him over the offseason, they're going to absolutely – that just changes the whole new ball game for them. So, yeah, the halves, I would love to see Luke Brooks go to Newcastle. Absolutely no bias intended there. I think he'd be a great fit. But, I again, with Adam Dewey injured, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and that left foot, right foot combination of Hastings and, and Brooks, I think it you know could potentially be pretty good. So when Dewey comes back, though, how does that sort of change things? Um, you know, how do they fit it all in? Because Dewey was easily, um, you know, Tiger's best player as well. I know he didn't get player of the year, but he was certainly up there and, the, the thing that for him is we know coming back into in, onto the field after ACL, you know, you're probably not the same player until you've played 12, 12 more months of footy. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 always changing that spine and it's it's always trying to sort itself out. But um, I think they have found a little bit of gold there. They've just got to, um, I guess, stick with it and, and see where it takes them. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. Uh but what I'm hoping is, um, like, Dewey got, what, uh, 20 points and didn't even play the whole season because of injury, 20 points uh, in the Dally M's. So he was outstanding this year. But what I hope Madge's problem is becomes is that maybe putting Jackson in at, um, in, in the six with Brooks in at seven and Jackson plays that well that it gives Madge a bit of a headache about where to put Dewey back in again. So that would be back a good Back in the centres. Centers maybe. I mean, that'd be a luxury if they were doing really well, but they've got to do well. <laughs> and that's the thing with the Tigers is you feel like every every preseason it's kind of the same. Where if you got if you got four or five uh, Tigers fans in a room and you ask them to write down their one to seventeen of who's going to play in the Tigers, you, you're going to get you're going to get a different team every time. And and I think that's where Tigers fans are getting a little bit frustrated is we need to start cementing players across the squad so that we can build combinations. So and look, it is difficult because you know one of the things that does accompany that with the West Tigers playing group at the moment is just inconsistency. You know there are one or two players that are playing 
you know, good to great football week in, week out. But there are some really talented young players in this football team, but they're just not putting it uh, together week in, week out. Um, Tush, just last thing on the Tigers before we get our predictions is, you know, one of, one of the another challenge with the Tigers is being a club that you want to go and play for, you know, being being an attractive club. Because to Alicia's point, they're, they're probably one or two big signings away from really trying to, 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 I guess, you know, find some momentum. That's a little bit of a challenge at the moment. You know, they're competing with a lot of other clubs, clubs obviously, in the NRL. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on the, the Tigers? Because at the moment, it's very difficult to attract these these top-line players to, uh, to the club. Yeah, well, exactly right. To, to Alicia's uh, point, if the Tigers can nail Curacao, then I think that... You've got a fair nucleus um, once you once you get that, and then I think that will attract other other players around them. So, yeah, it's just uh, there may be one or two big signings off getting that. Yeah, absolutely. Now we'll definitely keep a close eye on that one. All right, guys, let's jump into our predictions. So, uh, the West Tigers, who finished ninth most seasons, slipped uh, in season twenty twenty one, falling back to thirteenth. Uh, Alicia, what's your prediction for them uh, heading into next year? Um, oh, look, I think they'll be around that 10th to 12th spot. I think they'll improve, but I just can't see them breaking their duck. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens with Luke Brooks. We mentioned a little bit before, but I think that might that could even play out all through till mid-season next year, um, you know, whether they get off to a good start or not. So, um, and just, just going back to Tasha's point around, you know, player signings and, and that sort of thing, like when you think about it, Tigers is pretty much in the middle of Sydney. They're competing with six to seven other clubs in in the city, whereas you got your Newcastle's or Canberra's. Like, it's a very different market, and you know that's why I think they've they've lured a lot of players that probably weren't at their prime in the past because they just haven't. They're just accessible. They're right there. They're not willing to move their own homes and uproot their lives. So they're just oh yeah, that's why we see a lot of Moses Embi crossing over to. Tigers, Josh Reynolds in the past, like a lot of these signings that just have not worked out. Um, but, you know, I think they've been a lot more astute with their signings in recent times. But, um, but yeah, I, I can't see them improving. I can see them improving, but just not to the point of finals next year. Yeah, look, for me, uh, you know, good news for Tigers fans is, is they are going to move up the ladder, but it's only going to be one spot. My prediction's 12th. Um, I, don't, I don't put teams in the top eight uh, with, with so much instability. I like to see a stable spine, and then that gives you an opportunity. So that, that's not to say that the West Tigers can't get there, but there's just far too many question marks on this team right now for me to be bold enough to put them in the eight. So for me, it's going to be 12th, but um, that's not taking away that uh, their talent. And uh, Alicia, you slipped in that little signing of Tyrone Peachy. That's another Another one that's going to be really interesting. The entire NRL community wants Tyrone to be given one position and play there for the rest of his career. So let's see if the West Tigers is that club for Tyrone. Uh, a great player there. Tush, uh, tricky one. Uh, what's your prediction for the Tigers? Yeah, Dan, look, they've got a – they conceded an average of 29 points a game. So that's like I think uh, the second worst defensive record for for this season. So they've got a lot of work to do in the off season, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but um, it is hard to say. But I'm aiming for the Tigers to finish at ninth. That uh, I think there's a there's a few fans out there that would uh, probably sign up to that right now, but you know who knows? Uh, you know, hopefully we're uh, we're we're just underselling them a little bit, and they can uh, have a really good crack. Even for Michael 
uh, Maguire's benefit. Maggie's a very passionate, uh, very passionate coach, as we saw in the documentary this year. So um, yeah, hopefully uh, things are on the improve there for the Tigers. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we continue our series where we're comparing players, uh, two players that are going toe-to-toe within clubs. And this week, last week, we had the Melbourne Storm, Brandon Smith v. Harry Grant. And this week, we move over to the Penrith Panthers as we see Brian To'o come up against Stephen Crichton. Uh, Tash, I, I guess, you know, you, you, you speak about these two players, talent, talent, talent. They've achieved so much. They are still so young. Makes you makes you wonder, you know, just, just how successful these two players can be uh, because they still have a very long, uh, well, they, they still have a very long career ahead of them, uh, both of these players. Yeah, they sure do. They've got a great future um, in front of them as long as they can stay injury-free and, and um, you know, with Brian To'o, I just love watching him play um, this season. He's he's such an exciting player. He, you know, played all three games in the state of origin. He scored two tries at that level. Um, and he just really loves his footy. So I just love watching him play. Yeah. Uh, Alicia, let, let's talk about Brian because you kind of feel like, you know, the, from a skills perspective that, that the wingers will – it'll max out, you know what I mean? You, you think you've seen everything. And then a guy like Brian To'o, who, you know, he, he's 5'9", he's you know, he's not, not exactly the, the, the biggest, tallest, most athletic player, but he has just taken the game by storm. Talk to us a little bit about To'o because, uh, yeah, it, he, he is an unbelievable player. He's got the world's biggest calf muscles. That's what sort of drives him, his quads and his, his lower body, I guess. Is just really powerful, but it, it's funny. Um, so 2019, when Penrith weren't doing so great, I used to go out to Penrith training sessions. Um, you know, it was such a sort of dour time, and Brian Toe was the the one, the debutant. Like he just made his debut. He was that very humble. You know, shook my hand and just shook it with two hands as well. Like made you feel like you know, I'm so grateful to be here. And that's just what he sort of plays his game off. He just goes out there with absolutely no fear and um, you know, it, uh, you, you don't see him, you see him smiling and stuff, but you just, he just gets, goes about his work. He doesn't ever look tired. Like I've never seen him puffing too much. And next minute he's racked up nearly 300 metres. And, and that work rate, you know, I don't know how long it, will, it can last for a player of his sort of stature, but he's, he's showing no signs of slowing down as a, as a young kid who obviously just loves, you know, metres. They've tried to test him under the high ball this year. It didn't work. He handled that really well, especially in origin. And, um, yeah, he's just a, a different winger than what we've seen, obviously, especially with height-wise. But he's, he's that, like, Matt Utah. I remember the Matt Utah sort of, same sort of stamina. And, yeah, I love him. He's one of my favourite players. He's, and he's just humble off-field too, which makes a massive difference. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely a, definitely a special talent. And Tash, I guess, you know, you think about how the position has evolved, you know, there was a few coaches, you know, quite a few, quite a while ago now who, who suddenly thought, hang on, these extra players on the wing, if we, if we boost them up, if we, if we get some bigger players on the wing, we can get a little bit of production out of them to, to, to where we are in the game where you've got a player like Brian Toe, who, 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 uh, who, who I guess was out of the Panthers team, a star studded team on their way to premiership glory. When he was not in that team, you could tell the difference. I mean, it's it's just incredible the impact that he has, obviously week in, week out, and that was on display when he wasn't there, you know, through injury for the Panthers. 
Yeah, that that vitality that, like Alicia said, he never looks tired and he looks like he's really enjoying his football and that, and that bleeds through to the team. So, yeah, he's a little powerhouse. He's really, really strong. Like you said, only 5'9", but my word, um, also as Alicia said, those calves and the, the lower body, so strong. So he just gets down low and he's unstoppable. Yeah, and, and I guess his opposition would be, hoping that he calms down a little bit on some of the, I mean, his average meters are well over 200. I mean, his, his competitors looking at that just being like, mate, can, can you slow things down a little bit? Because that is abnormal. Uh, that is unbelievable. And to Alicia's point, it's like, how, how, you know, can, can this continue, you know, physically, he's just such a physical player. Um, and definitely that running style. It's, it's, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. The way he tucks his neck looks completely Awkward. Um, so uh, juniors out there, don't try that at home. But uh, no, an absolutely great player. Um, speaking of, uh, let's move over now to his competitor, Stephen Crichton. A little bit younger at, at 21, a little bit taller at six foot three. Alicia, if you were to mould uh, your perfect athlete outside backs, it would be Stephen Crichton. Uh, talk to us a little bit about him because, you know, there's been some raps on him for, for quite a period of time. I guess the question is, you know, where is he headed as a player? Because, um, yeah, all, he's definitely got all the raw talent, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost hard to believe that he was playing alongside um, Brian Toto in that on that left edge before Matty Burton come along. So hopefully, you know, next year if, if Critter does go back to that left side, it will be pretty formidable alongside Kikau again. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he has been touted as, as one of the, the brightest sort of stars coming through. I still remember his debut. Um, I think it was in that 2019 season again, and you know he. He just looks like an athlete. He's a very tall guy, um, plenty of speed on him, and I think he was one of Penrith's unsung heroes during the final series. Obviously, the intercept, yes, but, um, you know, his carries coming back, and even when he played fullback when Dylan Edwards was out throughout the year, like he just sort of adjusted himself, and um, when he moved on to the wing, um, he was really coming out of yardage the same way Brian Toe was, um, yeah, I, I I think he's got obviously a massive future ahead of him, but I, I feel like we're only just scraping the surface with Stephen Crichton, and I'm I'm really interested to see now that he's had that success where he kicks on to because you know he has origin written all over him. Um, just a matter of I guess where he fits into the team and and where Freddie would play him. But um, yeah, the sky's the limit at the moment for this guy. Yeah, Stephen Crichton. What a what a finish! Like that grand final try. He's like you said, he's he's got long limbs. He's six foot three. I tell you what, if I'm a ball player and I see him and say he's at, at um, centre, I'm giving a short ball. There's no way I'm trying to cut out pass because that those he's so athletic. He can pluck that ball out from anywhere, and he's he's so young. He's he's really exciting to watch. Yeah, no, he he definitely is, and I think you know one of the things I would say though is you know. I guess it, it, it's been really important for Stephen to find his identity, you know, in terms of the position that he's going to play. Because I think, you know, when we came through, and I think we do this with a lot of really talented outside backs in the game, is, you know, you, you see them, you watch them, and you think, hang on, this this talented centre or this talented winger, what could they be if they played fullback? You know what I mean? Could, could we see, you know, a, a 10, 15-year player who could who could take over the game there at fullback? And I'm not, not saying that, that that couldn't happen for Stephen, but... You know, Alicia, it, it wasn't all smooth sailing when he went back to fullback. And I, I guess you'd probably say that Dylan 
you know, he, he still well and truly held on to that position and, and just goes to show that, you know, maybe Stephen's best position, you know, is, uh, you know, out wide in the centres, in the wing, um, you know, which which can probably narrow his focus as he heads into, heads into the preseason. Yeah, I think so. I think he, um, you know, makes her a very handy backup fullback. Um, and we've seen plenty of centres or wingers do that in the past. If there's an injury go down, he slotted in pretty well. Um, I think it was a game against South when they lost in that, um, first week of the finals um, when Edwards didn't play and we alluded to it already, but, you know, Isaiah Yo made this bust up through the middle and usually Dylan Edwards is right there. Like, I don't think Critter has that sort of support play in him, but, I mean, that would just – that would take a, a preseason or two to sort of train that way. But, um, yeah, he's certainly capable of, of being that backup option if they need. But for me – for me, you really impressed on the wing on that right edge. Like, um, I know you you do lose a bit of creativity, um, and obviously with Momorowski leaving to go to the Roosters, I can't see him being on the wing next year. But um, you know, he definitely did surprise me a little bit with how well he did make those carries back. But I think he'll be back on that left edge. If anything, now Penrith are a little bit light on for for centers, and um, you know, he's an out and out one. So yeah, looking forward to seeing what happens with him next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing out on that left edge as well. And what I'm really looking forward to is when you've got a boot on you like uh, Nathan Cleary does, that I, I want him putting that up, putting that ball up for Crichton to, to leap so high in the air and do those, those aerial tries. I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'd keep him, I agree with you, Leash, out on the left edge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can already predict it. You know, the the, the game highlights for for Crichton next season. It's gonna be it's gonna be something to watch because, um, yeah, he he's definitely gonna take his game to the next level. But on the match, we cannot sit on the fence. We've got to pick a player here. Difficult because these two are superstars. Tash, I'm going to throw it straight back to you. Uh, yeah, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Very difficult uh, decision here. Brian Toto or Stephen Crichton? Okay, look, I'm going to go Brian Toto. Um, any guy that proposes to his fiance or to his girlfriend, you know, grand final day wins my heart anyway. But just he, he's he averages over two hundred run meters a, a game. Um, so yeah, I'm going Brian Toto on this match. Yeah, look for me, I, I've I've got to go with Brian Toto only to reward him for his consistency, and I think. You know, I, I sort of alluded to it previously. I think Stephen Crichton here has had some amazing games, probably not some not so great ones, but I think that's got a lot to do with uh, just Penrith's season last year in terms of him getting pulled in different directions and playing multiple positions. Uh, I think to Alicia's point, once he stabilises, he finds his, his role back there at centre. I think you'll see a lot more consistency from him. But at the moment, I've got to go with Brian, but uh, Stephen's right there, a little bit younger, probably a little bit more naturally gifted. Um, so definitely one to watch. Alicia, what about yourself? Not not a, not an easy one, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit different and, and just go with Crichton on this one. Um, I think long-term he would be the better option. Um, you know, again, play anywhere and um, he's just got that X factor. I remember when he made his debut and then um, Ivan kept using him off the bench a little bit, like, and he'd come on and just do something. It didn't matter he might have played five minutes, but he'd score a try or help set up one. It was just this really interesting knack he had um, early last year, and, you know, he's really kicked on since then. But, yeah, I think if I had to pick the two, it's really hard. Like, those two guys are awesome, and Brian's a really good hard worker. But for the X Factor purposes, I think, um, yeah, Critter's your man. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we finish off our, well, we, we pick our Australian kangaroos. Way too early predictions for next year's World Cup. We've been slowly building. Now it's time to put it all together, 1 through 17. So here goes. I'm going to jump in first. Uh, I made a few little tweaks along the way, which I'm sure you guys will pick up. But I have Tedesco as captain at number one, Brian To'o, uh, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Travojevic, Kalen Ponga as my outside backs. In my halves, I've got Cam Munster and Nathan Cleary. Again, Jerome Luai won't be too happy with that. I'm sure he's listening to this episode, and we'll have something to say about that in 2022. In the forward packs, I've got Daniel Saifidi. Let's go, Newcastle. Uh, hopefully, we've got a big season ahead next year. Damian Cook, Payne Haas. Uh, Cam Murray, Angus Crichton, Isaiah Yo, uh, and my bench for a little bit of utility. I move Kurt Capewell back as the utility just because he can play nearly any position on the football field and he's far too valuable to have anywhere else. And then I've just gone with size, size, size to win this World Cup. I've got Josh Papali'i, I've got Junior Paulo, and Tino Faso, and Malawi. Some amazingly talented players who did not make the 17, which makes you feel very good about this team heading into next year. Tasha, let's hear your 1 through 17. Very talented group. Uh, interested to hear your thoughts and your selections. Yeah. Okay, Dan, I've got um, Turbo at, at fullback. I've got Brian To'o and uh, Ryan Pappenhausen on the wings. I've got uh, Latrell and Matt Burton in at the centres. Now, in at uh, the number six, I've got James Tedesco because he can play that really well and imagine the space he can create for the likes of, of Turbo there at fullback. Um, so, obviously, I've got Nathan Cleary at number seven. Um, my props, I've got Safidi and Christian Welch. I've got uh, Damien Cook in at number nine, um, 11, Cam Murray, 12, Angus Crichton, and 13, Isaiah Yo. On my bench, I've got your mate, uh, Dan Victor Radley, Payne Haas, Junior Palo, and you just can't uh, not include Caelan Ponga to round it off. Yeah, that, uh, that that's definitely good. Good to see a couple of Newcastle boys in there as well, representing our great, great club. Uh, Alicia, take it away. Your one to seventeen uh, kangaroo squad. Yeah, geez, what a team. Um, I'm going with James Tedesco at fullback. Um, wingers Brian Toto and Josh Adokar. Centers Tommy Trebojevic and Latrell Mitchell. Five uh, eighth Cameron Munster. Halfback Nathan Cleary. Uh, Daniel Safidi and Payne Haas up front, uh, Damien Cook as the hooker, although, you know, Brandon Smith, Harry Grant, those guys very much on his tail. Um, gone with Angus Crichton and David Fafita in the back row, um, Isaiah Yo at lock, and then followed by Cameron Murray on the bench with Josh Papali'i. Uh, I've gone with Ben Hunt because I know Malmaning is a massive fan and he sort of adds that utility value. Um, and big junior Paulo. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think there's going to be a lot of people, uh, you know, wanting to see the upset, wanting you know, wanting to see a lot of, lot of, uh, you know, I guess teams take down the, the kangaroos. But you know, we haven't seen them play for quite a while, and it's going to be great to see you know them roll out in that green and gold jersey. And uh, yeah, what a team uh, that that Mal will will put together. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting times. Sure is, and I guess he's got 12 months now. It's going to be a really big season next year. Anything can happen. You know, players, unfortunately, this year that probably played themselves into form have to do it all again next year, and that's going to be the key. 
Um, yeah, and, and, you know, this Australian team got beat by Tonga last time it, uh, it played and, um, you know, the world's sort of changed since then too. So I agree with you. It's going to be a very different World Cup than probably what we're used to. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, uh, Tasha and Lita, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.